0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 104 of the InSquash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today we have uh, Millie Tomlinson. Uh, really happy to have her on. I've been trying for quite some time. We've been actually uh, talking about it uh, together. Uh, for about uh, for a few months now and finally uh, we managed to get it done and Millie's uh, one of the rising stars on the women's uh, PSA tour uh, I think she's about uh, maybe 22 in the world right now she's really, really uh, a great player to watch uh, I, I was really impressed I forget which tournament it was uh, but I was watching uh, Squash TV and her match came on and I forget who she was playing what event it was but uh, me to... Immediately what struck me was um, her athleticism and uh, the way she, you know, her her style of play really impressed me, especially uh, her movement, and uh, I think it was right after uh, that that I went out and started. uh, I did a bunch bunch of uh, ghosting uh, routines uh, the very next day, and I basically couldn't walk for about a week afterwards, but um, anyways, really enjoyed watching her play and enjoyed uh, chatting with her on this episode. Uh, She had a a very good season last year, which saw her have uh, a few uh, very close calls against some of the the top players in the world, and she also did manage a victory over uh, Nicole David. in hong kong at the hong kong open and for everyone who knows about nicole that's uh happy hunting grounds for her so she uh, i think in her last hong kong in nicole's last hong kong open uh millie managed to uh to get a i guess one of her biggest victories of her career uh, there she also um earned her first cap for england and I, I did ask her about the the origins of that term cap because uh us north americans aren't really uh I think, you know, we kind of generally know what it means, but um, we don't use that term at all. We, we have a fun discussion about that. And uh, she's preparing for nonce which is up upcoming. That'll be her first event uh, of the season. So uh, I know you'll uh, you'll enjoy this one. Uh, Millie Tomlinson, episode 104 of the In Squash podcast.
1: In the next two weeks before season starts again.
0: That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So uh, you, were, you were there in Helsinki doing some, uh, or was it a little bit of R&R or was it a bit of uh, a bit of mixture of both or you have some friends, family over there?
1: Um, I have a friend there who I wanted to visit and then I spent the week kind of training with the Finnish team and then did an exhibition at the end of
0: the week. Okay. And how, how's the Finnish team? How, do, how, do they, uh, how, how are they looking?
1: Yeah, they're all really nice. Actually, it was fun training with them, and they were working hard as well.
0: Okay, that's good for you then, because you need to uh, you need to be working hard this time of year, I guess, to ramp up uh, for the start yeah. of the season.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was good.
0: And uh, are you playing? Uh, uh, there's a couple of events uh, approaching. I guess it's the China Open and uh, the Hong Kong Football Club Open. I, I didn't have time to take a look at the jo- the draw. Are you playing in either of those there?
1: Uh, no, I'm not. So my first one's going to be Nance, which is the 8th of oh. September just okay. after China.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, that's a, that's always an exciting event.
1: Yeah, they did. Even when it was back when it was a 15 K, they made it like a huge spectacle. So yeah, I'm expecting it to be good.
0: You play, uh, you played last year, I, I guess there, did you?
1: I'm um, not sure. No, I didn't play it last year. I played the year before, but not last year. I think last year it was in an opera house, wasn't it? It looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they seem to do uh, they sort of like uh, what they're doing when, on the men's side in the Grasshopper Cup, uh, seem to change the venue every year to something unique and uh, intriguing. So, uh, yeah, you'll hopefully you'll enjoy that uh, and uh, play well in, wherever, wherever they decide to hold the, the event. Now, in 2018 and 19, you saw uh, yourself reach the top 20 in the world and you earned uh, your first uh, cap for England and also the biggest win of your career over Nicole David. So, overall, uh, how happy were you with uh, last season?
1: Yeah, I think it's the same every season. There's always kind of ups and downs, isn't there? But um, yeah, overall, I think it was a good season for me. My aim at the start of the season was to get top 20, and I guess I kind of checked it off for one month, didn't I? But, yeah. But yeah, definitely some high moments in the season. So was-
0: and you uh, you almost had some, I mean, you had some really close call uh, matches as well, uh, particularly uh, uh, against uh, Raneem Elwalili. You had a, had a close call there, and then uh, also uh, Tesney Evans. So... Uh, what do those matches tell you? I guess in terms of a positive for yourself, and, and uh, maybe something uh, you need to work on. Do they? Do you check both boxes like you say uh, when you have those types of matches? When you when you've got a big win that's in within your grasp, and then it just kind of a bit, a little bit elusive there for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose um, it is motivating in a way because it shows that those players aren't unbeatable, and to get close to them is good because. I guess I was there with them until a certain point, and then maybe they step up their game at the end of the match, or they have a tiny bit of something extra, don't they? Yeah. Um, but it's motivating to get close, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess when it gets that close, um, I mean, obviously you're right there. Maybe they they just have a little bit more sort of they know how to relax in those moments, perhaps, and then uh, maybe you. Uh, I know what happens to me if I get close in a in a match where I may may sort of not expect to win it. I get what do they call it? The glass arm.
1: The glass <laughs> I've never actually heard that before. But yeah, that's a good way of um that's a good way of posting it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And it's unfortunate. It happens uh, occasionally.
1: Yeah, I think it happens happens two ways, doesn't it? Either you get kind of excited that you might win or you get nervous that suddenly there's pressure because you've been playing with nothing to lose up until then.
0: Mm. Yeah, in fact uh this podcast might be uh I was excited to get this thing started. I was so excited. In fact, I, I forgot to record the beginning part of it, uh, but I did, I did manage to, uh, to get it, uh, at, just as you were speaking at, at the beginning of, of the podcast. I, normally what I do is I'll record as soon as I get into the, uh, into the podcast, but I'd forgotten uh, this time, but managed to get in. I'll, uh, I'll have to reintroduce you uh, uh, by myself before I, I edit the podcast. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, well, I'm not sure how how we would uh, describe that, but the glass mouse, maybe the glass mouse there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was we rushed into it, didn't we? Because I was ready 20 minutes earlier.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, hey, we gotta do what we got to do. Now, watching you play uh, last year, I, I mean, I'd seen your name. Uh, you know, here and there in the tournaments. And then I, I forget which event it was, but I've been watching Squash TV and you, you appeared and uh, I'm not sure who you were playing, but uh, I was really impressed. And that, that's probably right around when I reached out to you. Uh, your your movement and your athleticism were something that sort of I envy. I mean, I I, I move pretty well, but I'm not the most graceful guy, but you, uh, you move around really well and, and you get to balls and you're athletic. I think right after I watched that match, I I went out and did some ghosting uh, the next day. So, do you take pride in that part of your game, and uh, what um, uh, what sort of other areas do you think uh, you need to work on? And and did you have been working on those in the summer?
1: Yeah, I think probably my natural game is kind of like an endurance, movement, defensive game. So, yeah, my strength is probably reading the ball and moving okay
0: um
1: i'm working on being more attacking and being a bit more explosive as well so trying to be a bit faster off the ball
0: because i could see i mean you you definitely had that the attacking part of your game was there and i think because you're so like you said you read you read the ball well uh that enables you i think to get to balls a little bit earlier and and therefore you you can attack uh a little bit sort of uh, a little bit easier but um I'd like to get pick your brain a bit here. Um, in terms of reading the, the ball, is that just something that comes naturally to you, or is there are there little things that you work on that that allow you to do that uh, uh, more effectively than perhaps others do?
1: I think it's partly natural. I think it mostly comes from just playing thousands of matches. Like when I was a kid, I hardly had any coaching and never did routines. I just played matches with like old guys, young people, like a mixture of people down at my local club and I got used to reading different games, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, it was just, uh, uh, my most recent episode, I had uh, two guys from the squash skills uh, community, Jesse Engelbrick and uh, Gary Nesbitt. And Jesse was talking about uh, uh, the difference between watching the ball when it's behind you and then also reading your opponent's body language uh, after a certain point Is that something, is that just sort of beyond anything that you might consider, or is is there something to what he's saying there?
1: Um, I mean, it gets harder, doesn't it? The better Mm -hmm. player, because obviously everyone's hiding what they're doing at a certain level. Yeah. And every shot looks the same. But yeah, there are definitely things you can watch. There are like little tells, tells, right? That you can watch for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess like, like in terms of, I mean, you can always judge a little bit by where the ball is, but then with, with the body language if if the guys bought, if you're, if you're more open then perhaps you have more opportunity to hit a variety of shots. And if you're closed, if you're sort of your backs to your opponent or, or, or something, then it's more likely that you're either going to just hit it straight back or boast it. Is, is that something? Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, that's completely right. Yeah. And then the shot you play kind of, if you play about a shot, you're limiting their options, aren't you? So you learn kind of what, how a player's going to react to your shot, and I think yeah. you kind of pick stuff up throughout the game as well. So players obviously playing passive know that I do, and so if someone's continuously doing something, you just remember that, don't you? And then you'll instinctly move to that position.
0: Right, right. Yeah, well, that yeah, that that's been I think lately because I'm sort of a little bit older, my reactions aren't as quick uh, out, off the when the ball hits when the person hits the ball. So I think I need to uh, sort of revisit the watching and and picking up on on the ball when it's behind me. That's not maybe a skill uh, the over 40 crowd could probably uh, use a bit more. Do Do you see that, what I mean?
1: Yeah, I suppose you actually save yourself a lot of energy and time, don't you? Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, your, your quick reaction, your, uh, your quick twi- twitch muscles uh, aren't necessarily what they used to be Yeah. at that age, but you don't have to worry about that for a while. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, maybe that's why I've had to develop reading it well because I'm too slow to react quickly. <laughs> I don't think
0: so. I don't think so. No. All right. Well, uh, Millie now, if you don't mind, uh, uh, in my prep, for, for this a while back, uh, I was really surprised to see that, that uh, you attended Yale. So, obviously, you're a bright girl. And uh, I'd like to look back, if you don't mind, for a little bit at those four years where you made a, uh, you know, you made a huge impact on the team, achieving great results on at on the team and individual level. But firstly, uh, uh, what made you choose US Vars- the U.S. varsity route uh, as opposed to uh, something a little closer to, uh, to home?
1: um i applied to both so i applied in america and in england as well i think i didn't decide until the last minute so it wasn't like a clear choice for me at all i just i visited yale and obviously the campus is amazing i knew that it would look good on my resume and the team were really nice i thought it'd be a cool experience living in a different country for four years so yeah
0: yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Yale obviously—it's going to look good, uh, good on your resume. Uh, now, uh, the squash experience um, for you—I I think over the years, especially lately, I mean, a lot of you see a lot of the the top varsity players making huge inroads into the pro ranks, much like yourself, Amanda Soby, uh, Danielle Laterno, and the girls that you a lot of those girls that you competed against. So, would you say that that was a good preparation for you, uh, leading into? as it turned out your your professional uh, squash career
1: yeah i think it's definitely a good path for people um the facilities are obviously amazing you can have as much individual coaching as you want free of charge practice was good and i had a solid group of people to play with um all of the off-court stuff was great as well we had kind of s and c support fitness sessions twice a week so yeah it is a good path and you can make it work for you as much as you want basically
0: oh, cool and uh, obviously i mean you would have had some great battles while you were you were there no doubt against uh, amanda sobe uh, uh, at harvard and cornell's danielle at latorno the canadian i'm canadian so uh you know she she's someone i've i've met and spoken to uh, several times what do you remember about uh those matches and those competitions during during those years and um how obviously? Uh, how well did the, those matches prepare you for the uh, the competition on the, on the pro tour?
1: Uh, I did have some good matches. It's definitely a completely different feeling though, because you're playing for a team and not for yourself. So in mm. some ways, that's easier because you've got a lot of support behind you, and also easier to motivate yourself because you don't want to lose, because then you're letting kind of sixteen other people down.
0: Right. Right.
1: And harder in some ways as well, obviously. Um,
0: right.
1: Yeah, I found college squash really fun. I mean, the crowd's always really big and pretty mm. really rowdy, so that was a,
0: I think was it was, there's a YouTube, there are a few YouTube uh, matches up there of yours. I think one of you playing uh, Amanda, actually. And uh, you can you can hear the crowd in the back, I mean, both the, both cheering for you and for Amanda on every point, almost. Uh is that something that you might get in the, in the P in the PSL? Do you get that same sort of vibe or is it completely unique to uh, U.S. varsity scene?
1: Yeah, you kind of get it sometimes in PSL, but it's, I think it is pretty unique to American college squash. I've Hmm. never seen it replicated quite the same way, especially kind of national finals and stuff in America is amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously you've been to Yale and you've, probably went to see other uh, varsity events, maybe football, basketball, ice hockey. And it's the same way uh, in those sports, isn't it? It's quite a quite an amazing experience, uh, I would imagine, to be a player and to experience the uh, excitement uh, of the crowd in those matches.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. I don't think you can find that anywhere else.
0: No, no. And um, I mentioned earlier at the at the uh, 2018, uh, we talked a little bit about the HK opened earlier. Uh, you secured what to me might be, maybe you disagree, but probably your your biggest win of your pro career over uh, Nicole David. Now uh, for her uh, at Hong Kong and you, uh, you know this quite well was her, I guess you could call it the happy hunting grounds for her. She rarely ever, if ever uh, lost a, a match there, maybe she's lost a few. Uh, so, uh, you managed to beat her uh, in that event. I think it would have been her last event in HK. Uh, what do you remember about that match? And um, did you? how did you feel afterwards? <laughs>
1: um, how did I feel afterwards? I think it didn't hit me at first. So afterwards, I just kind of felt, um, yeah, I can't explain it.
0: Blah, blah. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was obviously exhausted from the match as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you had to play. uh, I mean, you were up against, you know, who many deem is the the greatest of all time. Heather McKay is right up there, too. But, uh, I mean, obviously someone that that you respect pretty highly and someone who uh, I'm sure in Hong Kong the the crowd was more than likely uh, behind her given that it was her last event. So uh, uh, you might have felt maybe a little bittersweet after that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, this, <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Because the crowd wanted her to win. And
0: was that was that how you felt during the match? Was it palpable that feeling?
1: Um, honestly, I felt it was a nice environment for me because there was zero pressure on me. Yeah,
0: she, yeah, yeah.
1: She's obviously a very fair, nice player to play against. So it mm. was a like fair and nice match. Um, and then yeah, I was happy to win it,
0: but. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, um, she's certainly not one to milk that kind of uh, sort of the the emotions of of the crowd. She would have just got on with the match and played uh, fairly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I guess she got her redemption, though, a few months later, (laughs) didn't she?
1: Yeah. I mean, even in the match when I was in Hong Kong, she baggled me in the second game.
0: (laughs) Baggled, Okay, (laughs) Have, have you? I guess it's been a while since you've been bagged, all eh? day.
1: Yeah, especially in American scoring, in the eleven scoring, it's pretty hard to not get even one lucky point, isn't it?
0: But well, <laughs> so uh, once she got close, did you start to sort of tense up a bit and sort of think, oh, "No, this isn't happening."
1: I don't think I even did tense up. I was just like, "I was like, oh, a point will come soon," and then it just never did.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: But yeah, she's known for. I mean. When she's on form, she's like a pretty complete player, isn't she? So it's mm.
0: well. I mean, there are a lot uh, to me. And I mean, obviously, she's you know she's what she's accomplished. Uh, you can't really compare. But I mean, in a lot of ways, there are some similarities between you and her in terms of the athleticism, the way she moves around the court, uh, those types of things. I, I think uh, you have as well. Maybe just a, she might just have a little more variety, and obviously the the, uh, the experience winning those and, and competing in those big matches, uh, in each and every tournament.
1: Yeah. And I think the cool thing is that she also changed her game throughout her career, didn't she? To, yeah. adapt to every rule change and the lower 10 and the different
0: scoring. Well, she, uh, yeah, she was on, on my podcast and she said to me that when she moved over to start working with, uh, Liz Irving, I think, um, that she totally changed everything in her game. She said she started from scratch, she said.
1: That's crazy as well. After so much success to still Mm. kind of want to change things, isn't it? And take that leap of faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a good, I mean, obviously she had the skills and the ability, uh, the confidence within her to, to know that she could overcome those changes. So, uh, yeah, amazing uh, talent, and you uh, you managed to get a a big win over her. So, congrats for that. Thanks. Yeah. Now, uh, also, congrats for earning your uh, your first. Uh, I guess they, this isn't an expression that we use in in, um, in Canada or North America, but they call it a cap. Uh, congrats for earning your your first cap for England at the European Team uh, Championships uh, this year. Uh, what did that? Uh, Experience. What did that sort of call, being called up to play for the team for the team? Uh, what did that mean to you?
1: Uh, obviously, it's a huge honor, and it's something even outside of squash is a big honor in your life, isn't it, to kind of represent your country? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And it was the same thing. It's fun, like playing with a team behind you as well. That was nice to have, kind of that extra bit of meaning behind the matches.
0: That was a bit, I guess it would have been uh, bittersweet uh, uh, though, wasn't it, uh, I guess given the uh, the French, the French oh, victory.
1: Very painful. And <laughs> surprise loss in the final, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. For, uh, I mean, uh, you, you, I guess you weren't, you didn't play in that final when you were sitting on the sidelines, um, were you sort of thinking to yourself, I'd like to be out there? Uh,
1: yeah, of course I would have liked to play obviously yeah when you're sitting watching a sport i think everyone wishes they were the one out there playing
0: yeah um, but you did uh you did get some experience in the event right
1: yeah i think i played a, yeah two matches i think i played a couple of matches yeah
0: that's yeah. great and uh well hopefully uh you get you get a few of that that's the first of many cap why do they call it a cap anyways um do you Isn't, know then, um, does that mean they, they give you a cap after every time you
1: or cricket or something you actually used to get a cap didn't you when you represented
0: okay so com-
1: I'm not sure I'm guessing that, but
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah I guess in uh, after every represent uh, after every time you represent uh, the country they would give you whether it's in cricket probably cricket because that, that sounds like the kind of thing that they do in cricket they give you a cap
1: yeah it does doesn't it <laughs> um- <laughs> You have to Google that. I don't know where
0: I've where hmm. I've got that from. <laughs> yeah, because I mentioned. Uh, I think I mentioned. So I've been overseas and I've lived amongst uh, you know the South Africans, the U- people from the UK, and they always talk about uh, these caps. So I mentioned it to my friends back home uh, in Canada, and they have no clue what I'm talking about. So.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I thought
0: it yeah, was- yeah. We don't use that expression. Oh, okay. A cap, I guess. Yeah, crickets, uh, as you know, cricket is sort of, uh it's not a very popular sport in our part of the world. I, th- I think it's growing a little bit. But Did they play much cricket at Yale?
1: I don't even know if we had a cricket team. I don't think they did play any cricket. Obviously baseball, but no cricket.
0: Yeah, yeah, baseball. Baseball is a, I. You know for lack of better terms I think uh, if you ask anybody from your part of the world it's sort of a bastardized uh, version of, of cricket
1: <laughs> yeah maybe if you ask yeah my dad might describe it as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely now uh, I'll, I also uh, know that you uh, you really enjoy your coaching duties we've talked a couple times in the past and you've been uh, mm. been coaching uh, so I just want to congratulate you I think this happened uh, a few months ago on, uh, you were coaching your team and they, they ended up winning the Watson Shield trophy. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about the, about the team and their victory.
1: Um, so the Watson Shield is kind of a tradition that started back when I was like first playing squash when I was around 10 or 11.
0: Yeah.
1: Which would be like 15 years ago now. And it's just two local teams. So Duffield versus Nottingham.
0: Okay. Okay. I know Nottingham.
1: Oh you know not yes. Yeah, so the yeah from the Hugh
0: Grant movie. Um what's that called? The Hugh Grant movie? Yeah, uh, Nottingham um
1: Oh you think of Notting Hill, that's in London. Oh
0: shoot. Yeah, that's it. Notting Hill. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, Notting Hill. Is it close by?
1: That's close pretty close. I mean, you got the you got the Nottingham part right.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, the Watson Shield trophy, so that dates back to your younger days.
1: Yeah, so it's just two mm. local clubs. Um both put a junior team in and play for this Watson Shield. Okay. Yeah, nice that they managed to win it, and it was a fun event.
0: So these guys are guys that you coach uh, regularly, are they, or guys that you sort of do some you sort of uh, organize training with? Or?
1: Yeah, I organize uh, group sessions for them and then coach some of them individually. Obviously, it's regular in the summer, and then once season starts, it's a bit bit more irregular.
0: So, do do they take that seriously? the uh, the Watson Shield event.
1: It's a fun event. I mean, they play when they're on court; they're all taking it seriously, but it's more of a fun and social event.
0: Right on. And uh, now, Millie, before you go, I just want to wish you uh, all the best in this upcoming season. You're you're one of the players I I enjoy watching, just particularly because I'm envious of your. Uh, your your ability to move around so well on, on court. Once your uh, so your first event is nonce, yes?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: and uh, just to sort of sum up, uh, what what do you see? What do you envision uh, for this season? I know you're you're in the top 20 now. You've had uh, several close calls against some of the, the the top players in the world, and in my estimation, uh, like you said, if you uh, just add a little bit of, of uh, Attacking Squatch, Which to me, it seems like you have it already. Uh, you should be right there. Uh, what? What's your? What are your goals and for for the season?
1: Uh, so my goal this season is probably to get in the top sixteen.
0: Top sixteen. Yeah. By the end by uh, by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, which is will be pretty tough actually, because it means beating, well, winning three second rounds probably or more.
0: Okay. Well, um, you've got my, uh, I I think you can manage, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, hang in there, work hard, uh, Mm -hmm. keep up the good, uh, keep up the good squash. And uh, thanks for joining me today, Millie. It was uh, great chatting with you.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. I enjoyed it.
0: Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. Millie Tomlinson really uh, enjoyed chatting with her, and I want to wish her all the best. Uh, her first event, as we discussed, is in Nantes, and uh, again, I'm always really impressed with her, uh, with her athleticism and the way she plays, and I'm sure she's going to uh, to develop this season and pick up where she left off working on a few things and uh, hopefully we see her see her move up even further in the rankings so uh, millie tomlinson thanks again and everyone thank you i know um we were supposed to have rob uh dinnerman uh, the ep- his episode on before uh, millie's but a uh, couple of things we needed to sort out before um before Rob's episode uh, goes live, and uh, we've managed to sort those out. So not too uh, long after this one, we'll get the, the Rob Dingerman uh, episode where we talk about uh, Damien Mudge, amongst uh, other things, including uh, uh, his take on Rami. I'm sure he spent some time with Rami, uh, having been in New York City, around the New York City squash scene, and Rami's uh, brother Hisham uh, there as a pro at one of the club's uh so uh rob knows uh uh, has uh, had spent time with with Rami a little bit over the the last little while and uh he has some really interesting things to say about about that Uh, and uh so we have that episode and we have a couple of more really good ones hopefully i don't want to jinx anything by mentioning uh, names but uh, we've got some good ones uh, upcoming uh, after the dinnerman episode as well so again thanks to millie uh, tomlinson enjoy the uh, the upcoming episodes and most importantly uh, enjoy your squash uh, have a great weekend because it's the weekend uh, for me here thursday in the uae Uh, It'll be the weekend, but probably are approaching it by the time you listen to this one. So uh, take care, uh, enjoy your squash, and uh, have a good weekend. Goodbye now.